President Rillick, Captain Burnham. I hope this reaches you before you move out of comms range. I'm sorry to report that the DMA has just moved to a new harvesting location in the Alpha Quadrant. I've attached all data that we have. Based on its current trajectory, we expect debris hit by the gravitational wave to begin impacting Navarre and Earth in the next few days. 71 hours by our best estimation. I'm sending ships to evacuate. <laughs> with me awkwardly professing our love are adam bowen and emily bowen myler welcome to strange new takes where we're reviewing episodes in this strange new era of star trek today we are covering the 10th episode of the fourth season of star trek discovery the galactic barrier follow us on social media that's at strange new takes on facebook instagram and twitter and if you enjoy the pod, make sure to tell your friends about it and uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps new listeners discover the podcast. And as always, keep in mind that we spoil things on this episode. It's kind of recap hard to recap an episode if you don't spoil it. Like, what would that look like? Man, I like the second scene, you know, between Book and that other character. The thing they talked about and the place they went, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that very much. I uh, mean, even if even if they went to place, that might be a spoiler because I wasn't expecting them to go to place. Uh, I wasn't either. Yeah. So, so book and the scene with... Wait, no. Even the, the fact that book appeared could be a spoiler. So mm, the two yeah. characters in that one scene <laughs> doing the one thing, that was cool. I really liked that. that yeah. So the, I, I don't know. I, I could have take, taken it or leaving it. Leave it. That's, that's not how you say that, that phrase oh well. yeah that that is it is now we'll change it in wikipedia um so yeah dear listener that would be it would be 60 minutes of that very boring so instead we, we decide to spoil this episode we spoil other things in star trek ye have been warned all right well as emily mentioned before today we're talking about the 10th episode of the fourth season of star trek discovery the galactic barrier this episode is written by annie Cafel saunders and directed by deborah campmeyer uh, the in-universe date is uh, unknown, but around 3190, and the flashbacks in this episode take place in, uh, somewhere in 3180s. We always start our episodes with our strange new takes. So which of you have a strange new take for me? Oh, first, um, most of the stars that are visible in the night sky are binary star systems. <clears throat> Is there a theory as to why? I, I don't know. Presumably because they're brighter. <laughs> mm. That's super yeah, cool. I, I just uh, I read an estimate that said 85%. Oh, wow. wow. A lot. Yeah, I, I, I knew that, that, that there are a lot of like binary and trinary star systems, but not necessarily that like that's the ones that we see with our eyes, uh, which is pretty cool. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Do you have a strange new take for the episode, Bill? Oh, um, I uh, d- decent job of kind of giving a backstory for Tarka. I hadn't, I kind of didn't care about him at all before, and now I <laughs> care about him a little bit. So. <laughs> also, a good good die job. 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny how, I don't know if you guys have uh, watched um, like The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, but you know, they put like major resources into like bringing back Luke Skywalker as Mark Hamill looked in like 1983 or whatever. And some, some, some people complain about it, but it's, it's like amazing, right? I mean, maybe it's yeah. not like 100% like lifelike, but it's like really, really good. And but so Star Wars gets that, but then in Star Trek they just like you know uh, you know buy some hair dye at Target or whatever. And... Well, that's at least a little bit better that's, than that's Lost. young Tarka. Yeah, to DHM, it's just yeah. That's a little bit better than Lost. They would just put really bad wigs on all the characters when they did the flashbacks I that, on Lost. Yeah. Anyway, it was so bad. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so for for my strange new take, uh, uh, if if you for the, those listeners who are dedicated and listen to every single episode, uh, they they heard Notch ask me about my take on Mandalorian, and I had never seen it before. Well, uh, dear listener, I have now seen some of the Mandalorian, uh, and I I, I think uh, the Mandalorian and uh, and Prodigy both uh, fulfill that role of like. Uh, in the case of Star Trek Prodigy, it's what if Star Trek but good, uh, and uh, the same thing for for Star Wars for for the Mandalorian. It's what what if Star Wars but good. Uh, I I th- there's a lot of things that I uh, like it. I I like a lot of the aspect a lot of things in Star Wars, but it's kind of a for me it's it's very much like I like the vibe. I like the the uh, sort of like the background of everything and like some of the lore stuff is, is, is interesting, but like, I, I don't know that I really care for a lot of the movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like rogue one, uh, and, uh, force awakens and whatnot, but like Mandalorian, I'm really appreciating like the, the world building and the complete lack of techno babble. Uh, that seems like the starkest contrast between that and star Trek is just like, I don't care how Mando like fixes his ship. He's just going to like, like light a torch on some things and like bang a <laughs> hammer and like that's fine <laughs> but yeah i i uh, i'm enjoying it so far so um for the episode uh let's see um i don't know i think my strange new take is that i feel like maybe uh what's his name oso or or oro uh i'm going to vote that he's uh, species 10c is he the dude that was in the conference with them? Uh, the 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 guy that he's that uh, uh, Ron Tarka's uh, in love with. <gasps> oh, that's right. I couldn't remember his name. I was just trying to decide what species he was. So I've learned this week not to underestimate the power of sleet, um, because so when it snows, I tend to go outside and shovel along, you know, kind of throughout the snowstorm. So I usually have a shoveling, you know, I, I shovel and then it snows another couple inches or whatever. And that's fine because usually that second couple of inches can melt really easily once the sun comes out. It's pretty easy. Or if I need to shovel the second time, no big deal. Well, the sleet, I, I just wasn't thinking. And sleet then just turns into like an inch and a half of solid ice and you can't shovel that. So 
I tried yeah. to shovel my steps so that packages could be delivered today. And yeah, it, it didn't happen. I was like chopping with, the, <laughs> with my, my shovel. And I'm like, yeah, this is taking too much effort. I'm just going to hope that the package fits in my mailbox. So y'all shovel your sleet right away. Except in our case, it like sleeted for a day and a half. So it was like just not pleasant to be out in. You get a lot grosser with sleet than snow. But anyway, okay. My strange new take for the episode is um, probably similar to Bill's. I kind of felt that slight twinge of maybe feeling a little bad for Tarka last week after he blew up the DMA and then discovered that the power source wasn't accessible. Um, his face, I was like, oh, that dude's a good actor. I felt I felt slightly bad for Ron Tarka in that moment. Um, and I did. I did feel bad for him. But, I mean, he basically declared himself that he's an asshole. So, you know. <laughs> so we aren't really supposed to like him. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I will take over from Adam Strange You Take and mention that there's a video on YouTube where someone takes the footage of Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian and deep fakes the actual Mark Hamill from the original Luke day. So it's not the computer generated image that <clears throat> appears in, in the computerized de-aging that appears in um, Mando. It's actually like a deep fake. And it is much better. Like the Mando version is pretty good. I had never had a problem with it, but it is it is uncanny how how much better it is. And it's so good that the guy who does it got hired by ILM to do more Star Wars de aging stuff and other uh, video work. So you wow. can go find that's this. hilarious. Yeah, so it's, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I had imagined that that's just what they did. That it was just like a deep fake. But it, it was CG. It was CG. So so they use CG. And this guy used AI-based deepfake technology. Huh, okay. So it's it's slightly different. Go check it out. He does it also to Princess Leia in... Um, Rogue uh, One? Yeah. The fir- yeah, the, the first of the new trilogy movies. Rogue One. No, oh, All right, oh, no. Force Awakens. No, no, Rogue One. She's, she's in Rogue One. That's yeah, right. Rogue yeah, Rogue One. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. in Rogue One. Yeah, end of Rogue One. You're right, you're right. So go check it out uh, on YouTube. It's fun. It's also, I believe, was posted to the Star, Star Wars subreddit at some point. So if you look at that and go deepfake, you'll find it. I have to tell um, you, I have to tell you this one funny story really quick. I know you're in the middle of your strange new take, but it's funny. So I went and saw Rogue One with my husband. I am not a Star Wars person. I'm a Star Trek person, but I will go watch Star Wars, right? So I watch all the stuff, but it's it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea the premise of Rogue One. Didn't I mean, I knew I was watching a Star Wars thing, had no concept of what time period it was or anything. So when the end, and I was really confused why Darth Vader was showing up in it, because I just thought it was taking place after the first <laughs> trilogy and so um like the first as far as like in our timeline um and so i was just really confused and then when princess leia shows up at the end i was like wait when is this supposed to take place like and i just felt really (laughs) stupid so i just thought i'd let the whole world of our you know thousands of listeners that we have to this podcast (laughs) know about (laughs) our (laughs) my silliness with star wars anyway there you go there you go. I uh, I feel sometimes in the same way when I watch Discovery. When is this supposed to happen? What's going on? <laughs> Who are these people? Um, well, also, by the way, quick. So my, my, my episode based range you take, I'll just keep it kind of somber, which is that, um, you know, in this episode, we see the galactic barrier uh, introduced in Star Trek, the original series is um, 
first episode that was filmed after the cage where no man has gone before um in that episode you have sally kellerman uh, as the actress playing elizabeth denner the person who gary mitchell captures and converts into a goddess or whatever um sally kellerman played hot lips Hulahan in the 1970s film mash and also passed away this past week just a oh. small coincidence. So uh, just, uh, just a little piece of um, somber trivia there for y'all as we go into discussing this episode. So let me let me read you the episode summary from Memory Alpha. Captain Burnham and the USS Discovery race to stop Book and Ron Tarka from launching a rogue plan that could inadvertently endanger the galaxy. Um, that could be any of the last six episodes. Um <laughs> so let me let me read you another more detailed episode summary, which is Captain Burnham and her crew must go where few have gone before, colon, beyond the galactic barrier. Hey, hey, that's a reference to the TOS title. Uh, meanwhile, Book learns the truth of what drives Ruan Tarka. It's love. It's love. I totally called that. Yeah, you did. You really did. Um, you should... Do you, okay, let me, let me start this discussion here. Do you think it was platonic love or were they like romantic partners? No, I think I mean, it was all of the above. Yeah, but there was like cuddling. I mean, I I know that you can cuddle and do math equations and whatnot, but like... Do dudes do that, though? Generally? I mean, this is the future. We can do anything. So Adam uh, and not you guys cuddle? Present. Yeah. Adam and not you two cuddle and do math equations together? We have not done that, no. Mostly only because I don't like math equations. But I totally... Because I've totally cuddled with my with my female friends. Like, you know, that we did that when we were younger, but not like... Yeah, we, we, we got a little close as we were all watching uh, uh, Tokyo Diner, uh, <laughs> or Midnight Diner, Tokyo Stories, or whatever whatever that show is called. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I I think there is still less platonic male cuddling than probably might be appropriate if we didn't have certain um, imprints of masculinity right. in our society. Yes. Yeah, so, sure. so let's put it that way. Um, so so you could read the cuddling as as a sign of something, but if we read into it that you know in the future such like uh, prototypes of gender behavior don't exist, then they could totally be just platonic cuddle buddies doing math equations and reading to the third digit of phi or whatever. Like, you know, it. I don't know. I was kind of confused because up until this point, I was like, he's clearly in love with this person he's trying to get back to. And then this episode, they were like, no, no, they were just close friends. Like, you know, that's fine. Uncle Ruan Tarka just lives with his platonic best friend and they <laughs> sleep in the same room together. They're totally not like, you know, partners. Trust us. Like, you know, it's... See, I didn't feel like the episode was trying to make us think they weren't. But I I think they... I mean, they were trying to just drive home that he's a total a-hole, but... Yeah, I I I think I I came out from from this episode thinking that this was was not not just a platonic thing. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have the... Are we... Like, I guess maybe since we made it explicit for Saru... And Tarina, we couldn't also make it. Ex- we didn't have that exact same scene where he's like, "Wait, are we just doing math equations as friends?" They, they, they didn't, they didn't have that scene where they were like, "Hey, listen, can we delete Emerald Chain Bumble now and, and our other dating apps? <laughs> <laughs> are we exclusive? Are we exclusive in this room where there are no other people who ever enter it?" <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry, Ruan. I got to keep hope alive. There might be another person in here someday. I can't commit to you just yet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you never know what happens in this other parallel universe. It might be filled with extremely attractive people. (laughs) I'm just picturing this app. You know, I mean, you just swipe once and then... (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you've exhausted all your potential what? matches. I'm the only so, person whoops. here. Why yeah. you sweat left? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I thought it was um, ambiguous. I mean, it did seem I I didn't pick up on any kind of over romantic signals, but it did seem like he kind of cared about him more. Like, I I like you guys, you know, but I'm not going to, you know, commit genocide for you. I'm, you know, sorry, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bill, I thought I thought you were my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like the scene where they were. Uh, where Tarka had his arm behind, um, why do I keep yeah. forgetting his name? But behind his head, and Oro. they were doing the math equation, or and they were doing the math equation together, you know, and crossing, you know, yeah. doing the symbol. What that that seemed to be the explicit, not explicit, but you know, that was the the scene that was kind of okay. This this really well, is and maybe what for Oro's culture was. that was explicit. Uh, Who knows? Oh, I mean, because yeah, yeah. Vulcan might not be a thing. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm showing you all right now, and Vulcan. Yeah. It's a little so, too obscene for us to talk about what she's doing on the yeah. on the podcast. But but um, <laughs> if you know Vulcan culture, yeah, yeah. It's but I, so I think um, well, and I so I was having a debate because there is a possibility that Tarka was just playing him the whole time and then ultimately either recognized that he he ended up having feelings or um felt such deep guilt because he saw that Oro had feelings for him because there was something when the way Oro said you know why did you do oh when he was so scared when the alarms went off and um mm-hmm. and Tarka like kind of pulled him onto his lap to kind of soothe him and and um you know, help him, help him be calm in the, in that moment. And Oro was like, why did you do that? And so it kind of felt like something changed for Oro in that moment. And I don't know if, if that was then Tarka just kind of snatched onto that and allowed and played that so that he could continue doing what he was supposed to, you know, watching him or finding out what he was doing. Didn't we find out in the end that it was that Tarka was at least was supposed to be playing him? Yeah, Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, I'm wondering if if Tarka was like when because I felt like there was a change for Oro. Granted, we didn't see the whole thing. We just saw little flashes. But I felt like there was a change for Oro in that moment when Tarka was kind of holding him to calm him down. And then um, Tarka recognized that. Mm -hmm. And 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 so there is a there is a chance that Tarka then was like oh now I really have an in so I can find out what's going on here and what he's trying to build um and get more information Mm -hmm. um and that was why because because when book says so then what happened he said I was the asshole that you or I can't remember exactly what he said yeah yeah um and so then I thought yeah maybe he was really just playing him the entire time but then in that last moment kind of had this oh shoot I think I like him too. <laughs> mm, I, see, I, see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think I felt like it was a little, a little ambiguous. Well, like, yeah, as I, as, as much as I would like to continue figuring this out, maybe in the next episode <laughs> we might find out for That's sure. True. I'll, I'll point us to two things though. Number one, there is a great subreddit called Saffo and her friend uh, on on Reddit, which is all about how in history we've whitewashed same sex couples by and there's a lot of like clueless people posting on social media about oh you look very happy with your friend and like it's it's a picture of two two like men or two women getting married like it's it's like people being absolutely (laughs) oblivious to 
obviously same-sex relationships. It's pretty amusing to see that. Um, and then the only other thing I will say uh, on this point is that I do there was there was a, there's an SNL sketch with Rami Malek. It was cut for time. It's in the uh, it's on SNL's YouTube called Brutal Marriage Story, which is parodying like Blue Valentine um, scenes from a marriage and all these horrible movies that are about like relationships that are falling apart. And it's and one of the 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 the, the so, so it's it's like a movie trailer parody. And one of the, like, voiceovers is, and this is a movie about a woman who really likes her wine and a man who just likes to get his head pet. And it's like, that's what I thought of when, like, Tarka is petting Oros' head. I'm like, yeah, I would like to be that guy right now. I'd like him. I head pets a lot. It's very true. Very true. All right. Let's move on to talking about other things from this episode. Uh, and by the way, go watch this brutal marriage story. It is hilarious. Great sketch. Those movies are awful. Don't, why do people watch marriages falling apart on the screen? Dumb stuff. Anyway, um, let's talk about the suicide mission. It's like Mass Effect 2 up in here. The discovery is like going away, long, wistful look from Vance being like, I will probably never see them again. And then, you know, random people ending up on the ship when they're not supposed to be there, like Madam President uh, for, of Navarre. And Oh, yeah. It was, it was, this was very much a, a, a page out of ye old cliche book of cliches, but it worked, I thought. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. I, Although I have to say, you've been talking, you've been complaining about the music all season, Notch. I have to complain about the music in this episode. Yeah. It was Please proceed, bad. Governor. It was pretty bad. Like, so hokey Disney. I was like, what are you doing? Like, these moments maybe could have made it. If you hadn't added that music drop behind it, like, yeah, I, 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 I thought they got rid of that music for uh, for Adira like last season, but it's just <sighs> like like we just like brought up the the like childhood the children are our future like uh, music <laughs> going on every single time Teach they were the like web, anywhere. Let them be the way. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, have you all watched Scrubs? Have all of you yes. watched Scrubs? Yeah, a few. Bill, no Scrubs? I've, I've seen an episode. Okay. I'm re-watching Scrubs right now. There is... So, when Scrubs was made, they made all these musical cues, right, when they conceived of the series, and then kept using them throughout the nine-year run. There's one, like, this is a meaningful moment cue called... ba 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 And it's like, they used it so much... That somewhere in, I think, like, the fifth or sixth season, they actually had JD. So this whole scrub's all about JD's fantasy. They actually had him reference how whenever he's having a mo meaningful moment <laughs> in his mind, the music plays. And then later on, he's trying to, like, force a moment to be meaningful. And he starts singing the meaningful <laughs> moment song. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, you can watch it on, on, you can watch the scene on YouTube if you go to Scrub's Sad Song or something like that on YouTube, you'll find it. But anyway, this, this is what your rant reminded me of, Emily. Mm hmm Yeah. So, I diverted so, us. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> what do you, what, y'all think about the, uh, the, the whole setup for this episode? Because this is a long, cold open. It was, it really was. Because it ends on Godspeed Discovery and like... Everything leading up to that is a cold open, like until mm -hmm. Discovery jumps away. Uh, yeah, I think it's like 12 minutes in. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is like why I was like Emily. Like, which episode is this? Like, which series is this? I don't understand. What's no title? <laughs> Did you all see the moment that I referred to last week? Or I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I said it before we were recording. There's the the scene where uh, um, the president is channeling Michael Burnham. She's like, it has to be me. I am the only one that can make this work. I have to go on this mission. And I was like, okay, Michael Burnham. <laughs> I, I I was thinking I, I I don't remember that one from uh from the episode uh, you guys did last week, but I was just listening to it this morning, and uh, there were several calls that people were 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 making of just like, well, I don't know, maybe maybe next week they'll do, and then it's just like, oh, that thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have this uh, diplomatic mission uh, crew that ends up on the on the thing. You know, you got Nadoye from Earth, you got the Madam President from Navarre, you got random Ferengi, terrifyingly new makeup Ferengi person <laughs> in there, and you've got Hiro um, Kanagawa who is currently playing Doctor Hirai. You all recognize Hiro Kanagawa? Have you all seen him in other stuff? I, I have. I, I I'm unsure where. I I, I feel like science fictiony things. But yes, yeah. yes. He's, he's done a lot of shows that are filmed in Canada. Okay, okay. <laughs> which is all science fiction. <laughs> what are you saying, Bill? I feel like he's usually kind of a bad guy. He is. Yeah, and his, like, somewhat... munching on snacks during meetings made me feel like they're setting him up to be another one. Yeah, yeah. So what? what is he in? He's He's been in Smallville, Caprica, Godzilla, Man in the High Castle, mm. Altered Carbon, just Kim's Convenience, a lot of stuff. So... I actually would be really pleased if they just give him a dramatic role that doesn't have him be a bad guy. I'm really hoping. Um, he was also, by the way, with Bradley Whitford in an episode of the X-Files. Uh, the old X-Files as well. Mm. So um, that's another I, I feel like at least the setup for his character, like that he is uh, going to be the most like open-minded in terms of like how to communicate or the possibility that we might not be able to communicate... Like, I, I feel like that's such a weird premise to be like, and he's going to be the dude who, like, screws us over because of his attempts to, like, be understanding of different cultures. But okay. I, I don't know. So one other quick note before we move on from the cold open, which is that um, R- Ronnie Rowe Jr. playing Lieutenant Commander R.A. Bryce gets a very meaningful goodbye from Siru. Like, it's like an oddly, like, long yeah. scene of saying, like, we were not, we're not going to see you anymore. Um, the reason I think for this, well, this is this is a sus- suspicion. I don't know, is that he has now been cast in a series called The Porter, uh, and he's the lead of this series. So oh, he might be, yeah. he might be filming that series. I'm not, I'm not really sure about this, a hundred percent, but um, that might be one reason why they're letting him kind of get the background we saw this in the in the pilot episode as well of the season and another quick piece they also didn't have kovich go with them and that was that odd moment where he's like yeah i got more important things to do and i don't i don't need to tell you what they are and bryce is working with him so i'm i guess what i'm asking is do you all think this is going to come to something well that's what makes me wonder Uh, does this mean we're gonna like like it wasn't enough just to go a thousand years in the future. Now we have to go to another galaxy and that's where discovery is going to take place. Cause they're, you know, I mean, it feels like they're separating out the people that. Yeah. Like don't, can't necessarily commit to being it. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I, but then I, I does was... that mean Mary Wiseman's done forever? I didn't realize she was done forever on this series, but maybe she is. I don't know. 
I, I think I, I thought I had heard that there's there would be something about. Um, I, I think she might come back, but I but I guess we we don't know like the, if the coming back is just like we'll see her panned through like in a scene or something, or like someone will be remembering something. But... Oh, Tilly, we didn't know you came with us too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I... all the all the next gen movies, they always have to pick up Worf at yep. the beginning from DS9. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, and why don't we just like go pick up Worf? Because you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think. You know, I mean, with Mary Wiseman, it's totally a backdoor pilot for this Academy show. And I think she'll she'll be in, you know, like next season, like one or two episodes in some meaningful way. Um, and then just going back a minute, Notch. So the thing with Bryce was that was like half the lines he's ever had or, or in the goodbye. It was really <laughs> kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And, I, and to your question, um, you know, I'm a little bit cynical, but actually, in some ways, the writers for Discovery have played like a really long game. If you just think, like going back to Calypso, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty clear that they've actually had some of the, at least the main kind of milestones for what would happen to Discovery mapped out um, since after season one. Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe Kovic. I mean, that was conspicuous, right? He was like, I have even more important things to do. It's like, you know, makes you wonder. So, so maybe they will pick up that thread later. Yeah. It, I mean, in, in uh, season five, we'll have, uh, oh, it, there's a, there's a very large uh, computer created anomaly that is going to end all life as, as we know it. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> only Michael Burnham can save us. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. The return of control. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Um, All right, let's take a break right here. We'll be back with more strange new takes in a moment. One day there was this massive power surge at the camp. I heard ships leaving. I went back. This was deserted. Noros was gone. I found this. Golden ratio. This message to me. It was our symbol for Kylie's home. You think he made it? He's brilliant. If anyone can do it, it's him. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. We are discussing The Galactic Barrier. Uh, What was your reaction to seeing The Galactic Barrier as a plot point again? Did we know that The Galactic Barrier looks like a lava lamp? I, 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 it looks pretty close to what I remember seeing in the, um, I don't know what it originally looked like because I, I didn't see the original, um, uh, version of the episode, but in the, the remastered, um, uh, original series episode, I remember, I, I felt like it was more pink, but I think it kind of had that look to it. And it was, it was certainly like unique enough looking that I, it, it would be weird for them to just like pick that randomly. They also didn't have nobody on the uh, uh, discovery bridge needed to hold somebody else's hand like the enterprise bridge they had to all hold each other's hands like they were so afraid of the galactic barrier yeah i was kind of i mean i think it's a really dumb idea but it it, but you know it's a dumb idea with you know lots of history in star trek right so they're just they're being consistent they're honoring the canon um and the way it's depicted, you know, the thing that really bugs me is that it's like linear. Like you would think mm. it's like a field, right? But it's linear. So you, they should just go over it, you know, <laughs> or under it. 
because it is it is you're, what you're saying is that it, it's just like a uh, like a line yeah yeah like yeah you yeah you could go over or under it got um, it so the, and, so the galaxy is just like a flat disc it's not like a three-dimensional well it has some depth to it but but it is it's like a disc shape rather than a spherical yeah. shape okay 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 cool got it got it and you are not but you, you're so you're you're firmly in the boat of like they could have just avoided this whole situation I, I, I mean that's I mean I my, my, you, you, hmm. you shouldn't you should you should grant them the premise right when you're watching a TV show you know and I but I mm-hmm. sometimes I find that hard to do <laughs> so so it's I'm true. being a nerd and and you know poking holes which is uh, I try not my to top ten yeah. reasons I hate Star Trek Discovery the Galactic <laughs> Barrier number one yes yes that would be <laughs> well, I. I mean, I, I, so I, I, um, I just put in our notes what it originally looked like, uh, at, at least in the, that's the remastered, um, where it's just like a pink mm-hmm. bar. So I, I think they've solved at least some of the problem of like, well, why don't you just go above it or below it? Uh, Cause I, it, like it, it, it was definitely like that weird black, like line, but it, it looked pretty dangerous to be like at the above or below points of it too. It's a little bit mysterious to me. Like, wh- why can't we see it unless we're like right next to the darn thing? But, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess my, my, my read is like that, and it, I, I can't remember if this has been actually said on Star Trek before, or if it, this is just me inferring some things, but like, um, the, uh, I feel like the, there, there's maybe something to, with the galactic barrier that it might be like artificial to like protect our galaxy from outside threats, like the doomsday weapon and types, things like that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, or the doomsday machine um and so, so I, i'm wondering if if like the species 10c is actually somehow maintaining the galactic barrier to as like a good thing or not but um i don't know that that would be cool dude adam you should be a writer for discovery <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's like almost certainly a much better idea than what it is actually going uh, to try it's uh, yeah because it, 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 it's hate because it's the opposite of the burn which was love um <laughs> And that's 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 uh, that'll be their their lesson oh for this gosh, episode. Oh my gosh, that was so lame. <laughs> what, do, what do you think? What do you think about the visual part of going through the galactic barrier? That things just appear decolorized for a little bit when you're between those uh, little bubbles. That seems like science to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I figured they someone their science consultant must have said something, and they were like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. We can totally." depict that by doing blah 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 like that's what it felt like why they did that i don't know yeah i i, I mean I, I i feel like there have been many part many like story elements and like science type things in this season that have felt like much more close to things that i've read about before so i i i feel like i've seen the science consultants uh work in a lot of like the, what the dma is and whatnot i feel like this one might have been more of a like okay what if there is a galactic barrier which we know there isn't like what are some things <laughs> is it but doesn't that happen in um the final frontier and maybe in the tos episode they get kind of like distorted or there's some kind of visual effect that happens to the when they crew. go back in is time in uh voyage home <laughs> their weird heads come oh, up right yeah 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 <laughs> i really hope we see uh like picard's like uh foam head like zoomed in on uh in uh, uh picard season two Picard's, when they like, go Shabar back to the yeah like the, we we need some like hokey as hell 
<laughs> things to go back to 2024. Uh, I had a moment when they were talking about that they had a there was a classified um, transmission that came just for burn in the oh, present. Yeah. I had a moment of wondering if it was them from the future trying to send a message like, oh. don't go into the galactic or something, you know, but it mm. ended up being that uh, also would have been cooler than what we actually yeah. got probably. <laughs> Good idea. So I let's, should be a writer too. My gosh, why don't we yeah. all go be writers for Discovery? <laughs> Let, let's talk about this, right? Like, so we have the DMA now threatening both Earth and um, Navarre together in the Alpha Quadrant, and also Titan because we've forgotten that Titan is in the Soul System. Uh, so we need to like give it a, a special shout out too. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because we we mentioned it last year as like the independent colony that was like now part of the earth. You know, yeah, they were warring yeah, with yeah. Earth, so we don't want to not mention them. Yeah, I think they could have easily just gone with Earth and Navarre, and then we could have left the like top ten things I hate about Discovery guy to be like they never mentioned Titan again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and uh, anyway, so so what 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 y'all think about that? Uh, element that's now been introduced kind of randomly in the middle well i mean they can't they can't just like have the mission without having earth be at in peril as well like obviously the dma is heading for earth like where else would it be heading for because you all also (laughs) did i forget who exactly said it but someone said like and uh the joke was like oh and now the dma will appear at earth they're like it did yeah (laughs) pretty much (laughs) you predicted it completely uh i I thought it was a it was a very interesting um, sort of dilemma for them to have of like what do we do with this information because it's like clear that like we need to just keep going forward. Uh, so I agreed with like no we can't turn back and like go to Earth because like that's not like discovery isn't going to be helpful. We can save like maybe maybe if we like pack people like sardines we can save maybe like a thousand people or something like that. Uh, but. Um, yeah, there's just, the only way to solve this is by resolving the situation with with species 10C, and but I, I I don't think I agreed with I don't see why we should tell the crew that doesn't make any sense to me because it I, I feel like uh, I like I already know that this is like a very dangerous and like scary mission that I'm doing and it's and it's like everyone's counting on me but if I know that like my whole family is about to die in the next like couple of days. Uh, while I'm trying to just do my job. I, I don't know that that would be, like, a good environment to be trying to do things in. What? No. Being emotionally compromised is a great working environment. <laughs> well, it's also, like, it just seemed like, like why they thought every single person on the bridge saying their favorite place on Earth that they were going to go to when this mission was over was going to be the reason that would convince um yeah. the president that they need to tell every i was like I, I like i just didn't understand it was like to hit me over the head these people that they, they, they like if if hawaii is destroyed like like that's terrible like they <laughs> they're not going to be able to go I, surf or whatever it is that they mentioned i i just thought it totally but the locations they chose totally betrayed that the you know the writers are all in hollywood they're all like california they're like oh yeah and like i'm gonna go to napa valley (laughs) seriously i would i would be like i just want to curl up in my bed with a good book like i don't care where that is (laughs) anyway 
Yeah, yeah. There were there were also I mean that scene also gave me like, yeah, it's my last day on the force. My child's birthday party is tomorrow. My wife has been expecting me home for a long time and I'm finally <laughs> gonna get to do all these things starting tomorrow. But before that, we try to apprehend this terrorist who's very dangerous. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, um Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more in depth about the Tarka Oro plot uh, beyond their relationship. I was deeply fulfilled finally getting Tarka's story, and I kind of really wish that this has happened several episodes ago because I feel yeah. like I understand him much more now. And it to me, it was also the most compelling part of this episode. All those flashbacks, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I, I I think strong agree there. Um... Part of me feels like uh, the reason we put it this late is so that next episode he is redeemed by either solving something or or he's going to get killed and we need to feel sad about him getting killed. So we like redeemed him this episode. It, it, it's just like a, mm. um, but I, 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 I found myself feeling like I, like it would have been cause I really liked, um, having book sort of turn into a villain because it's, uh, it's really interesting to think about like having someone that you're rooting for and you have been the whole time and you're like, wait, no, don't do this. Like, why are you, uh, like that was a really sort of compelling way to go into this second part of the season. But, um, and so I, I just, I, I wonder what this season could have looked like if we had also done that with Tarka the whole time where like we were rooting for Tarka. We knew he was a bit of an asshole and he had these other things, but like if, if we felt complicated about both of them and then, then it would be less of the, um, uh, I feel like so much of the previous episode, like the episode from last week was like me wishing that we would kill Tarka and save book somehow, uh, so that the DMA could be like, uh, or that we wouldn't destroy the controller with an isolytic weapon or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've also been, uh, it was, I, I don't, uh, I don't understand how they're going to have Book and Tarka play a role in what's to come because it also just, I don't know, unless this was happening um, during the time that Discovery was getting ready to leave, I just feel like they are so far behind where Discovery is. You know, like Discovery is now already out of the galaxy and Book and Tarka are still like futzing around in yeah. the, you know, so that also, like, I'm just curious how they're going to get them to catch up. And um, yeah, and, and if, if Discovery barely made it, like, why is Book's random shuttle, like, not going to get completely destroyed? Maybe I guess it's smaller so it can fit in a smaller bubble. Um, but yeah, it, it seems weird to uh, for for us to expect them to be able to get through the thing that Discovery just did with their whole crew working on it. So. I think one piece that I'm now curious about going forward from this plot is does Tarka finally succeed in getting back to like do we find out more about Oro to be honest or is this it like like you're saying like does Tarka get killed and are we are we are we going to get more basically of this or is this the end is this the one episode where we got to get some compelling Tarka backstory I mean, so, so if so if we kill him, I I think that I double my vote for it being species ten C that we come across. So maybe mm. so I I think there there could be some sort of satisfying resolution where he doesn't get to see Oro and we don't like find out what happened to Oro, but we find out that we're actually confronting his people. Uh, but if it's not that, then yeah, I think we do have to go 
to that other universe or we need to find out like he needs to find some evidence of like oh this is how it happened or this is what occurred i don't really know why tarka is convinced that oro made it to that other universe like i don't know i don't know it's just first of all the fact that he ripped out his um emerald chain yeah uh, thing and then but then tarka ends up escaping but oro basically gets left behind like that just seemed like there would be some serious consequences that would be faced um i don't know i just i find um i i just i i don't have the same faith that there's there's two things i'd say there which is you're right because that that's we don't see that and it's it's a it's a choice right like because in that scene one other writing choice might be, you know, we don't have power for two, but we have enough power for one of us. So I'm going to send to so you see him go. We don't. That's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. Right. The other thing that we see, but it doesn't do anything. So this is like Chekhov's gun, right? Like if you see a gun in the play in the first mm-hmm. act, it has to be fired in the third. That cloaked ship leaving the base. We mm. don't. We see it, it, it's it's shown, but nothing happens. It would be very easy for them not to have had that scene. They just, like, walk up to yeah. the base and, like, it's fine, right? Like, and, and there's always a possibility maybe it's just to, like, raise the tension whenever they're shown on the screen. But maybe that's Oro's ship? Hmm. And, and or like there's or they've they've yeah they've or maybe they've recaptured Oro and Oro has has told them that Tarka is working on this device now. And so they're, they're like maybe they've they've discovered that if he gets a big enough power source, he's going to actually be able to do it. And then mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what they would do with it. Go to a, an alternate universe where like the Emerald Chain is real good. Um and bring back Osira? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I did find it interesting that um, we find out that Tarka actually isn't from another universe because Tarka mm. made it sound like when he first told Book, yeah, um, you know why he was invested in this. It it really sounded like he was from this other universe, and he was trying to get back to his home. But mm-hmm. then you see in this episode that's not how that's not the way he meant it. Um, but I found that interesting. That was an interesting twist. Yeah, it's like a translation of Oro's word, which mm-hmm. was which comes out to be home, even though he's never been there. Yeah, yeah, the the peaceful place. Yeah, Kelise. All right, well, let's let's keep jumping around. Last, I think, thing that we haven't yet discussed. Well, there are two things: uh, the kind of human plots, if you will, <laughs> even though one of them involves a Vulcan and a Kelpie, and we've got the Seru professing his love to the president, and then you've got Adira returning. To Stamets, who is now, you know, embracing the father role. That was sweet. What did you think? I, I guess I was a little... I I thought he was already embracing that. So it, it felt like... It, it felt a little bit weird, this episode. Because it, it was sort of... As, as if everything was, like, completely new to him. And he had never uh, been in this situation where he's, like, being kind of like a father figure to Adira. So I... Um, I don't know. It 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 was it was awkward, but it was also supposed to be awkward. So I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was sweet later when he said to her, "You know, my father didn't reach for me very often, and so I might reach for you a little, a yeah, little more, yeah, a little yeah. too often." I thought that was sweet. So, what do you think, Bill? Are you are you on the uh, Stamets family train? 
to be honest, I had no kind of emotional reaction to it <laughs> one way or another. I guess it was fine. I don't know. You're from the neutral planet in Futurama. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I miss that we didn't have a dear being like, you just don't understand me, Dad. And then like running away, <laughs> like locking their room. It's like, I'm not coming out. Um, but no, I, 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 I will admit that it was kind of like, oh, for me. Um, so I, 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 I was there. Um, you two sound like me and Travis. I was like the, oh, that was sweet. And Travis was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, I was thinking about the music the whole time. (laughs) The music was bad. It got better. It was less bad in the second half of the episode. Yes, it was. It was, but the first half was just not good. I I I thought, by the way, the the Saru thing. I still am kind of split about how I feel about Saru kind of being like, oh, I'm not going to see you, so I'm going to tell you I like you. And then the last minute, she gets pulled away before she can respond again, like out of the book of TV cliches. And then she's there. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we were at least going to get, like, angsty Saru uh, for, like, an episode or something like that. But then it was, yeah, we, we she's back, and so now we don't get to have that quite so much. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like them together, so it's 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 fine that we, we get to play that out more. But Now, did we talk about this last week, or am I imagining it? Like, there's this show has such high stakes and then we just go do 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 do. Hey, I'm having some insecurity about my potential relationship. So can we work yes. on this? But it's like <laughs> such big stakes. But then you know what? This week has played out uh, in the world, and there are big stakes things happening in the world right now. You know, mm-hmm. but we still have our little things that you know what I mean. It's like yeah. even in the midst of big stakes happening, we still have our interpersonal things that are going on. We still have our our worries and anyway and granted yeah. that's because we live six thousand miles away from yeah where some we're, of the we're not the ones are. doing any of this stuff but um which is maybe the one thing but 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 yeah I, I i think that is a fair point that like um just because you're doing something important doesn't mean that you become someone without a life mm-hmm. i agree to a certain extent but i think this is the difference between real life and like compelling television right yeah uh like in the in the TV show Twenty Four, we never saw Jack Bauer like go take a pee every hour or two, right? Like it, it, it clearly he had to at some point, unless Jack Bauer had skills that we don't understand. But maybe he just had a catheter. Yeah, the whole time or a diaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jack Bauer. You heard it here first. Kiefer Sutherland wore a diaper for every season of Twenty Four. Um, but so that that's my kind of uh, the same diaper. Yeah, the same. <laughs> Sold on eBay later for millions. Anyway, um, I'm not going to go there. Um, you already did. I could, I could go even further. I'm not going okay. to. I'm not going to explain that reference. Um, I think. I think that. I don't mind these scenes. Um, in fact, there's a little like the Saruk Navar thing was kind of. Um, I, I like how it was played for laughs at times. I just, I don't know. At times, it's been a little bit weird to kind of see it, but this time it was okay. I think. I think I, after after hearing you all talk about it too, I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. I, I don't mind it. This entire episode, by the way, just to kind of maybe bring it all together, I feel like it flowed better than the last two for me. I actually genuinely thought this episode was all right. Like it, it's. I, 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 I think it's turned around my perception after two weak ones for me. 
So I, I was I was thinking positively about this one. It's it's certainly the best treatment of uh, the galactic barrier that we've ever seen. It's <laughs> <That's> not hard. <laughs> an, an admittedly dumb concept. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but even the, the whole way that the Darka book thing was filmed and edited, I thought just it was it was a lot of drama and emotion, but it didn't feel like it. Whereas a lot of the other times, they've managed to make even compelling action sequences feel like they're just the sum of their emotional payoff. Here, mm-hmm. I actually like felt it was a compelling sequence in general you know something i have to uh give a shout out to the writers for it's it is nice to see uh scenes like that play out between two male characters Mm. like you know and and book being genuinely empathetic for what tarka was struggling with and yeah um and anyway i just that i really you don't see that a lot i don't feel in television Mm -hmm. um and so i i do appreciate that and I appreciate where it, it like takes the characters because at the beginning of the episode where like the book is is a like just a couple of scenes away from shooting Tarka uh, and killing him. Uh, and it, we end up at this place where he's like he like mm-hmm. understands him a little bit more. Uh, I mean, just just like the audience. So there's some sort yeah. of like book is the audience there. But like, um, yeah, I, I, I really do. I do appreciate that part of this episode. I just. Uh, like we talked about before, I, I wish that that was either peppered throughout the season or maybe like this episode had happened earlier. I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, any other pieces you want to discuss for this episode before we move on to our ratings? Yeah, just, right. just one quick thought. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I really hope that Species 10C is cool and that there's good payoff. Like yeah. they better be like really weird and mysterious and there better be like a reason why all this stuff is happening and something that's emotionally resonant and has payoff. And we'll see if that happens. It could be really cool, but uh, we'll the, the conclusion of season three does not make me uh, yeah. uh, optimistic about it. Yeah. <laughs> or the conclusion of Picard season one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, but who knows? We might we might get some good stuff out there. They might have turned it around, learn from their uh, foibles. All right. Well, with that, let's give uh, the Galactic Barrier a strange new rating. Who wants to stick their necks out and go first? Uh, this one it gets a seven. It was fine. Yeah, I was gonna give it a three point five. I mean, I. I thought it was a decent episode. I I actually liked last week's episode better than this week's episode, um, probably because of the stupid music. Um, but okay, I'm going to go with a seven as well. I thought this was a this was a decent outing. Uh, it would be an episode that I would go back and rewatch if I needed to understand Tarka's motivations. Okay, Bill, it's time for you to blow it up. No, I. Seven, and that's that's what I was thinking. Oh. Is it, again, I'm not being influenced. Is I'm this the first time we've hurting. been unanimous since, yeah. uh, like, uh, in the pale moonlight or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man! All right, well, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Adam, for talking about this episode with me. Always enjoy coming back here every week and discussing Star Trek with all of you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks not for leading yeah, discussion. Of course. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Dinah, for being our other co-hosts, whatever y'all are doing right now. I hope it's a fun time for the three of you. 
And thank you just to Gua for recording our theme music. We do appreciate hearing you strumming away on the guitar. And thank you, dear listener, for spending an hour with us as we discuss Star Trek and uh, and participating. We always appreciate you uh, listening in. Hope you tell your friends about the pod and give us a rating on your preferred podcast provider. Uh, finally, special thanks to to that Ferengi who continues to not say anything. Like, have we heard a Ferengi talk in this show? I don't know. So later they could be like, hmm, that wasn't a Ferengi at all. This horrible makeup that we've invented is actually a completely different species that has nothing to do with the Ferengi. Here are the Ferengi you know and love from before. This is totally not also what we did with the Klingons. So, um, (laughs) so yeah. Thanks, thanks to that character for not having any lines. All right, everybody. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.